What's up, tea drinkers? Who's ready to spill? Welcome to The Tea with KG, hosted by your girl, Kaylee Grace. Here you'll find your weekly boost of real talk mixed with laughter, healing, and all of those vulnerable, messy moments in between. The Tea with KG is a safe space for you to show up exactly as you are. We are here to share real-life stories from around the globe and be a community of love, joy, and celebrating life. This is a real deal show, so there will be coarse language and sensitive topics discussed. The most beautiful stories oftentimes emerge from the darkest of places, and we're here to explore it all. There's room for everyone at this tea time, so grab your drink of choice, spark it up, or just relax and soak it up. Cheers, and let's spill. What's up, tea drinkers? We are back with another episode of the Tea with KG. I'm your host, Kaylee Grace, and this week I have another amazing guest joining me all the way from Australia this time. I've got my first Aussie on here, and Elise and I have known each other, my God, for what, over 10 years? Like, we met so long ago. <laughs> yeah, back back in Sydney, back in the oh day. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> So when I lived in Australia, Elise and I met through work at Surfection in Bondi Junction. It was so fun. We had the best time working we at did. that job. I loved it. We did. It was such a young, fresh team, but we all just were like bouncy and bouncing off each other. It was so cool. <laughs> oh, brings back memories. Back right. I always think of it like that was seriously, I think of my time in Australia was like my favorite job that I had because like. We just, we were just such a family, it felt like, yep. so I loved it. Yeah, I still follow one of the other girls, Veronica. Yes, yes. the Italian, yes. I loved her. Oh my God, it feels awesome. like, well, it was a long time ago, but I'm like, it just, so much has shifted, I feel, in both of our lives since then. It feels like a lifetime ago. Absolutely. I uh, I don't live in Sydney anymore. I'm not with the guy I was with when I lived in Sydney. and. I don't work in retail. So, you know, 360. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to dive into your story and see how you got to where you are now. So Elise is an interior designer. She's also a restaurant manager. But before we get all the story, we'll just get the who are you and what do you do? Who am I? Wow, what an open-ended question. Right? <laughs> um, I am nearly 32. I live on the Sandra Coast. I've lived, grown, bred whatever you want to call it, my whole life here, really, except for the few years I was in Sydney. Um, I've dabbled in many different areas of work and I used to be an athlete, now not an athlete. Um, so, yeah, back on the coast and uh, restaurant manager as well as getting my interior design up and running. So, yeah, back living with the family, which is um, weird when you're 32. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? Sometimes it just makes sense. You got to do what you got to do. Got to gotta grind. Got to grind. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm here for it. Whatever works is what works. And I'm so excited to learn more about what you do with your interior design because you're always creative. Like, I feel like we bond over that quality as well. And I just, I'm, I love seeing all your posts. So I can't wait to dive into that. But before any of that, let's get the story. Like, let's dive into your life. I know you have such an incredible story. And I want to thank you for coming on and sharing that with us. It's just, I'm truly grateful. And I can't wait to hear it. So let's dive in. Oh, well, it's uh, a long 
long time ago. It feels like a long time ago. Back in school, I was always the odd one out, always the, you know, tomboy, didn't really have any friends, girls hated me, um, which is standard. I never really gelled with the girls. I was always friends with the guys. And I think, I don't know if that was jealousy that I was friends with the guys, but they always took that as a, uh, let's, you know, let's pick on her or Aww. leave her out of things. And I think from a young age, that really got to me. Like, of course, you don't, uh, you don't obviously understand when you're picking on someone or when you're young or five or even younger and, and you're like teasing people, you don't actually realize the damage it can actually have on people when they're. Oh old. yeah. It's such <laughs> trauma. I can totally relate to that. Like myself and people very close to me, like, Bullying is not okay. And it's something that just gets me so emotional because why do want why do people want to harm others? Like I'll never understand that notion. Like we should love each other, you know? So that's totally understandable. Right? It's just um, the issues with my mental health started, I'm assuming, from all those underlying um things. So then home wasn't great either. Like not it was it wasn't like like I'm a very lucky grateful person and I have have a beautiful home and I've always had a roof of my head I've always had food I've always had clothes you know parents would always you know try and take us places and so like I wasn't deprived of anything as mm-hmm. a child I think if anything me and my my mum weren't that mother daughter relationship like you always kind of want as a as a girl growing up mm-hmm. you kind of want that um you know togetherness with you with your mum I never really had that and I think I don't really know the reasons behind it but I think it was because we were just so alike and yeah which I hate to admit because I look at her and I'm like I'm not like you (laughs) but I am (laughs) I am um so then being like being at school and not having friends and being in that environment where I struggled at school academically I was always the arty one or the sporty one so I was not in class you know um like starting in primary school even like my teachers would tell me oh you're not going to be anything you know if you're always out of the classroom so like this started from a young age they, it was, your teachers would say that to teachers. you yeah and like that is um, so messed up that's not okay I got hit across the back of the head like that by the principal uh like the headmaster at one yeah he's like where's your hat and I'm like in my bag and he goes it's no good there that was my god I don't know why but it was like I didn't think it was an issue and then when I told mum it was like so long later but yeah that started in primary school the teachers you know being a part of that kind of that's Neglecting horrible. I feel like that would just be so isolating. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. year three, I was pulled out of school because the teacher told us we were going to be dumb. She oh was my god! For many years to come after that, and then I found out maybe, maybe five, six years ago, maybe longer, that she quit or she was moved on because she told a child um oh what are you gonna do now your dad's not here to protect you and his dad had just passed away I was like oh my god that is not yeah no that is not okay like school's supposed to be like your second home sort of thing you're there a long time you know the teachers are supposed to be almost like your parents 
not mm-hmm. they're not your parents but that's that kind of it should be a safe place yeah 100 so you know that started from primary school then I went into Mm -hmm. high school and the same kind of process bullying not academic always out of class and I started I went to public school where my sister went because my sister is quite quite a smarty girl okay so I followed to that school and she she did really well so thought I'd do well I was graded into the bottom class because you were graded into like where you are academically I was in the bottom class so the the low class and I was the top of the low class so I was too smart to get help but not smart enough to be moved out of the class because (laughs) our teacher told us we were going to be dumb for the rest of our lives Again, that just baffles my mind. I'm like, what? Turned to us and said, "You're all going to be dumb for the rest of your lives, and you're gonna, you're not going to be anything." I was like, so that has stuck in my head for a long time, a long time. So that happened. So then my parents were like, "She's more help," and the public school wasn't going to give it to me. So they pulled me out and pulled put me into a private school. I was very mm-hmm. lucky, very fortunate to have parents that would work their asses off to send me to a private school. Out of all mm-hmm. children, I was the only one that stayed at a private school because they gave the option to my brother as well. Like they didn't have the money for my sister, but my brother started out at a private school and ended up not liking it, got bullied, so he went to public and didn't really mm-hmm. need the help. Whereas I got to Central Coast Grammar School and I was – um in year seven and in the first week or so my teacher picked up that I had some sort of learning difficulty and so I went to the learning support teachers which is a whole like section of the school that kids that need extra curriculum help and things like that would get it one-on-one or in a group format I had one-on-one help from year seven twelve all the way through I would okay. see these teachers once a week or twice a week, depending how much I needed. But they found out that I had dyslexia. Um, they found out that I had like I, reading and writing problems. I couldn't yeah. spell, not even understand like the, the difference between simple words that you should learn in primary school, like there and where and, you know, all those. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this was picked up in year seven. So you can imagine how far behind I already was. Well, from yeah. There knowing basic yeah so that then damages you know your your confidence of course of course it would and like not knowing like all those years that you were struggling and not knowing why and then finally having those answers and be like oh my god okay this this makes sense now it was like okay well I'm now in year seven and I'm basically like at a year five level yeah not even year five level like I just remember doing those tests, you know, and it was like, if Johnny walks a K and he's walking at five kilometers an hour, how long is it going to, and I was just like, I don't know how to do these. Like, I literally look at them and go, I've got no idea how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. And like year 12, I had the HSC here, the high school certificate. I had extra time. And I was like, thanks for giving me extra time to freak out about because, like, <laughs> I'd have this, like, I still get it now. When I go into, like, a test format or I'm put on the spot, I forget everything I know. 
Yeah. Like everything. Even though I know it, I'm like, yep, I know this. And say it's like hospitality, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like it was a hospitality yeah. test. I'd be like, I know all these, like I know what that knife is and I know what I this got is. this. <laughs> yeah. Go into the test and you're like, what? Like, and you're like, I know the answer to this question. And I literally couldn't, couldn't get it out. No, so I was just not good in a um, test environment. Yeah. It just wouldn't work for me. I'd need to sit there with someone and go, okay, well, what's this? And I'd be like that. And they're like, okay, cool. So, like, I need to do it that way. But obviously in the HSC, I didn't get that. And they just, they were like, here's extra time. I'm like, extra time to know. I know the answer, but can't write it down. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So even though that happened, I still managed to somehow come out of the HSC with, like, just, like, I did not think I would finish the HSC. I actually wanted to leave school in year 10. That's how much I hated school. Mm-hmm. I would do everything and anything not to go to school. I'd be sick. I'd physically be sick. And then mum would be like, you're not sick. And then i like, so it'd either be I'm faking sick or I'm actually sick or I'm just, like, yeah. emotionally distraught that I can't go to school. Yeah. I just I hated it. Hated it. And then I hated being at home as well because it was like, you know, mum and dad would fight, you know, usual parent things. You parents fight over money and, you know, just working hours and then kids and, you know, normal pressures, mm-hmm. normal family arguments. But, like, I hate it. I'd come home and I'm like, I don't feel connected here. I don't feel connected at school. And so I would run. So that was yeah, um, that was your time. Yeah, my escape was the track. So mm-hmm. when I was a runner and training there like five days a week, it was like that was my escape. So when mum would turn around and be like, you're not going to training. I'm like, oh, fuck shit, I'm not going to training. I'm fucking going to training. <laughs> it's like it's raining. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, it's raining. I'm going to training. <laughs> like we'd train rain, hail, shine sort of thing. The only time we wouldn't train was when it was lightning. Yeah. So, like, it was like, don't take that away from me. That's my safe haven. I need that. My mental escape to be there. Yeah. And then I also found that through school I loved singing. Mm -hmm. Loved it. And when I think, how old was I? Maybe year seven, I realised, like, I was like, oh, can I get lessons and mum's like oh no you can like get guitar lessons I don't know how it went from singing to guitar but anyways I ended up (laughs) starting guitar lessons with this teacher and found out she was a singing teacher as well so I was like oh Oh, perfect Uh, so I was learning guitar and singing and then I was like I don't want to actually do guitar I just want to sing so it was like Mm -hmm. it was like a roundabout way of getting yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love it I I had singing lessons and stuff like absolute stage fright can't perform in front of people as soon as you put me in the spot I freak out so this is like this is a mad vulnerable moment me coming out doing this but I think you know it needs to be done one for myself and two for everyone else that doesn't get mental health issues 100 percent. that's why we share like that is like the goal that's why I share what I go through because you know some people don't understand it and maybe hearing my story, they might understand it, like my perspective of it, or even yeah. what I go through to understand why I am how I am or why, I don't know. I just 100%. think that the more people talk about it, the more educated people will be and maybe more accepted. Oh, health. preach. 
Absolutely. We tell these stories. We put the light on it because shame lives in the dark. But when you put light on it, it can come out and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Then when you find people who are open and share, it's like, oh my gosh, okay, I relate to her or him or them. Yeah, it's not just me. I'm not alone. In my last session, because a few weeks ago now, three weeks, four weeks, I didn't want to be here. I was done. I was done. Like in my head, I was done. And I didn't know like I didn't like plan anything I just knew that I I couldn't keep doing it like this I I just was miserable I didn't find joy in anything I just I was done Mm -hmm. and I was just like what do I do like you know it's like and that course that I went to was just amazing like I don't know it just some inspirational person just fucking blew my mind and I was like okay cool let's keep going then <laughs> what was but, the course that you went to um it was called Empire Mastery by Aaron Sansoni who is like mm-hmm. a world mastermind building empires basically he's a massive business person mm-hmm. he has multiple businesses very successful and he started from nothing and I find that empowering because you know a lot of us don't have that rich life and you know mm-hmm. it's only something you dream of but it is possible. 100%. You've got to want it. Like, the amount of stuff he would have given up, the amount of stuff he still would give up. Like, yeah. he spent four days away from his family, over 200 people that wanted to listen to him talk business, you know. Like, mm-hmm. he's passionate about it. So it's like, yeah. you, if you're passionate about something, just do it. And it's, Oh, 100%. Yeah. From where all my pain came from with, you know, not knowing where I fit in or not being good enough or not being what everyone thought I should be, that it still sits there, you know, like, mm. and this come from all that shit in, you know, teachers and friends and people that are just judgmental. Like, everyone has a different story. Like, I was sitting with oh, some yeah. last night and we went from some psychopath laughing fit night <laughs> to a mad dnm on depression and anxiety and it yeah. was just like and their perspective just sitting there i literally just sat back and listened yeah it's just interesting to hear their perspective on how to cope with it and how oh, they yeah. do it. and it's just everyone is so different like that's i didn't right. agree with everything they said but that's their opinion that's their take on it being someone that has gone through so much emotional baggage over the years Mm. that I don't even know where half of it's come from. I'm just assuming it's come from all these bits and pieces that have puzzled up. I'm still learning. Like I don't have an idea about how to cope with things. I'm still learning. Like half the time, like the last few weeks, I was like, I don't know how to cope. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Like they say to reach out, but then when you get, told by professionals that you know you're not you're not bad enough you're not you can't get help you yeah. tell me to speak up you tell me to come and ask for help but you're then turning me away and going oh don't do it's like the system's fucked it's like I feel like too there's so many people out there that offer different services I've had to go through my fair share of like trial and error which is so challenging too because sometimes you know you bear your soul to someone and then you're like oh god this isn't a good fit I have to go do this all over again and like all those emotions right 
that was yeah. one of my fears like I had a um so year 10 at high school I had a girlfriend and came really close with a few different girls and this one girl we were so alike we were both runners we train you know we just were like yin yang and she noticed that being negative I was always like miserable and she was just like go go and get help you're always this you're always that and I didn't notice I was like am I yeah there's nothing wrong with me I'm fine I was like in denial so it wasn't until it was brought to my attention that I actually got help Mm. and I was with the school counselor till the end of school and then I saw her after school up until maybe two years ago Mm -hmm. on and off after school but I changed because I thought maybe a new perspective new new issues in my life new set of eyes maybe like different you don't want the change you just like this is comfortable you know Mm -hmm. I don't want to go through that shit again this person knows my history this person knows my story I don't want to have to repeat my story and what if I miss something what if you know, mm-hmm. and you go through all these things. So I got a new counsellor and someone I see and she's good, but, you know, I just, I've lost that touch of giving a fuck to go. <laughs> right. Like after the last course that I went to, I was like, oh, I'm all right. And that's the pattern I fall into is like, oh, I'm right, mm-hmm. I don't need help. But it's a really, it's something that needs to be ongoing. Yeah. Oh, for it's sure. Just, it comes up all the time that, you know, you need to just be like, oh, I'm not coming with this or this happened. And they're like, and how they make you feel or, you know, and you're like, how did it trigger you? Or you're like, was it a trigger? I don't know. It was a trigger. I'm just like, I don't feel great. Something's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. It's such a journey. Cause again, I can relate so hard to trying to find what works and sometimes something will work for me for a bit then I have to shift out of it. But what I was thinking about with your story, what I love is that with running and singing, like those two things are such healing activities, like for your throat chakra singing, like you can get so much healing and emotion out. Like I love to sing too. So I'm like in my apartment, like some of my most emotional moments, I'm like bawling, singing, like, you know what I mean? And growing up. Right. As a kid, I would sit, and this is before I started singing lessons, but I would when the family shit was happening or I wasn't getting along at home or I would sit in my room and put these deep songs on like a lot of like Avril Lavigne or (laughs) Christian Aguilera, you know, like all these deep songs that like want to like ballads and like I'm teaching myself to sing, but at the same time I'm like bawling my eyes out. So it was like, it was very like, and I still do it. I don't know why. I think it's good. You got to let it out. You got to. Yeah, I love it, that. You put it on the let it out almost. Yeah. It's like you want it out. Yeah. And I think definitely a needed thing. Oh, for sure. Like singing is healing AF. Yeah. I'm here for it. And running too. That's your meditative state. You're like, all right, let's go. I'm going to come into my soul, my spirit, and we're going to be together and let go of all the bullshit because yeah. I need that too. Like exercise is so important. In different ways, like I find I pull different emotions from different movements, like yoga, very emotional for me, boxing, I'm like, let's get my rage out, like all the things kind of correlate to different movements and then dancing's like joy for me. So I think that's so key that you naturally pull to those two things. Like it's almost like your spirit just knew I need these things and I'm a go for it. What was trying to guide me without me knowing because it wasn't until, uh, 
two years ago when I had a really bad depressive episode. This is when I was with my ex-husband. And um, okay. I got him to drive me to the hospital. He's like, I didn't even fucking know why we're here. Like, he was so just, and I was like, I don't want to be here. I want to I want to kill myself. Like, that's where I was at. But his was like, we can't fucking be at your home by yourself. You have to go to your mom. Like, um, you, ha- you have to go and sit with your boss at the time. So I was a, um, uh, like a personal assistant at the time. And so I'd go and sit at her house and she was quite spiritual and like into mm, oil yeah. meditating. And she, she's an intuitive what do you call healer like she can see like in yeah, yeah a medium yeah. yeah thank you thank you that's the word um yes yeah, so <laughs> like, i got you covered with the spiritual i'm like what is that word <laughs> um yeah she is absolutely amazing and quite a close friend of mine and she um she saved me as well like two years ago that that was deep that was dark i was not eating properly like my mum would come over and that and that's when my mum and i's connection really connected was mm. when I needed help and she could see that I wasn't getting it. So I have another girl in my life who I've just started training back with and she's quite spiritual as well. And it was mm-hmm. two years ago when I realised from all these years of psychology and everything that I connected to my spiritual side. You don't have to be full-blown hippy-dippy. Like you can just just be in touch with it. And it wasn't until I tuned in just and did like little bits and pieces that I was like, holy fuck shit like no wonder I fucked up like I'm missing a whole (laughs) fucking killer in my life man once I connected spiritually to myself Mm -hmm. so it was like slowing down a bit more and meditating which is really fucking hard for me because I'm like I'm I say I have like five million thoughts all the time yeah, yeah you, like, I call it my squirrel brain. And I get brain. that. It's hard to turn the brain off. It's so hard. I'm just constant. Just go, go, go. And so tell, telling me to lay there and just, you know, be present and breathe. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> like laying there and I couldn't connect. And it was like mm. I slowly started to be able to like just unwind and connect. And it was oh, really yeah. It's good. a practice. It takes oh. practice for sure. Like. I totally like and it's sometimes I'll get out of it and then I'm like I have to come back in but you know what worked for me which it may work for you too where you like I found yoga I get in the craziest meditations there because I'm moving at the same time so it's almost like my brain has to focus on two things you know what I mean yoga's hard for me too because it's really slow and I've like Mm -hmm. I've never been a slow person Uh, yeah I was like, oh, this is cool, but it's not like my, it's not my jam. So it's like, yeah, I really should do more of it. I think I'd be more into Pilates because it's like, a bit yeah, of like, but like the reformer Pilates. Yeah. So haven't tried it yet. It's just still a thought there, but yeah, I'm for sure, getting there. And the like, even like the candles and the incense. I have these really cool incense. They are so amazing. So they're really cool. And I've noticed a change. And if I don't focus on, you know my active, my health, my spirituality, like I just crumble. Oh, I'm the same. It's like your, your foundation of your house. Like if you're not nourishing your body, resting, connecting, I feel you girl. Like I will, it'll, it'll creep up on me sometimes too. And I'm like, Oh crap. I'm like, how long was I not doing this? You know? And then, (laughs) yeah. And I hate, you know, not being active, but at the same time, I'm just like, I can't do it. And they're like, what do you mean you can't like just and this is when I was really depressed and like just 
get up and go for a walk. I know what I have to do. I know what needs to be done. I want to do it, but I can't do it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a want, hate kind of. It's, it's like a battle. Of you are fighting giving up. Like your body is given up and you're in a state where you aren't there if that makes sense like she's like you're and the way she explained it was so good it was like it's like for instance you want to fold the washing I want to fold that blanket I need to fold that blanket and I can't make myself do it she's like your body's in shutdown because it's in trauma yeah Yeah. it's in trauma and it's protecting you Mm -hmm. and I was just like so I'm not crazy and she's no it's like I that's the freeze like fight flight bond freeze you're in freeze mode your body is like nope yeah. shut down shop yeah it's not happening we're done here for it. now don't get it they're like they just hear you say can't and they're like mm, no why can't you just do it you're fine and I'm like oh. my body is like not coping so a few weeks yeah. ago when I was saying to people I can't get out of it I can't go for a walk it was like I'm not just saying this because I don't want to go and do it. I want to get better. I want to mm-hmm. move. I want to. And it's just like, I, cu- I couldn't make myself do it. And it was just like, why won't anyone fucking understand mm-hmm. that I'm not just making shit up just for the sake of it? And it's like, it's so frustrating. That makes me people- upset people <laughs> around you are like that because that is you have to be open and understanding to people and dig further. Like what's going on here? Like that, if, if I had a girlfriend say these things to me, I'd be like, okay, like, what do you need? I'm going to come over or yeah. whatever. Like it, it would just be like, I have people that would be like, okay, well, I, I need like that gentle kind of, okay. Like, well, I'm going to go for a walk. You want to come? Let's go for a walk. Yeah. And like, kind of like, gently kind of <laughs> be so support and love you yeah yeah for sure you need that love and support and even open just like, empathy go, to the gym, go and work like it's like hey no. let's just go for a show on the beach or let's, let's go be gentle yes movement is medicine it doesn't matter oh. how you move a walk is like walking is like the most yeah. underrated thing I love walking it is like my time for connection too like I take my dog we go it's yeah. our time like Go and get a coffee. Like, that's, I love coffee. I'm like, yes, that's like spiritual in itself. (laughs) That's actually one of my steps is that in the morning I wake up. Mm -hmm. I have to make bed before I leave the house. Otherwise, I feel like messy. I feel like I have no structure. So, like, yeah, like chaotic. It's just like, it gives me anxiety almost. It's like, yeah what the fuck you, you your life's messy what what is this yeah, so yeah. Like, that's a great practice being in that um, kind of mindset to mm. even when I was a young kid I'd make my bed and tidy my room and have a neat space because it it creates less clutter it's yes. I guess it's a reflection of I have too much fucking clutter going on up here I yeah. don't need to I don't need more chaos oh <laughs> preach like my home I have to have it, it because it is chaotic. Well, no, your space like, is chaotic. It's like, yeah. Because that, just, I can't deal with that right now. So, because uh, I moved back home with um, my new partner and we're living here, there's just, there's not enough storage down here. So, I've just yeah. got it piled in a corner at the moment. I just, every day I look at it and I'm like, 
fuck this shit. I can't fucking do it. Like, <laughs> I know yes. what you mean. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Like if I have stuff to do and like my apartment is really messy, I'm like, I have to clean this before I can actually have a settle. Like it's, oh, it brings me peace. I need a piece of cake. In a messy kitchen, I have to clean the kitchen, <laughs> yeah. dishes away, and then start scratch. And then cook yeah. and clean as I go. I can't cook yeah. then clean. I have to clean as I go. So then when I sit down, I'm like, all I have to do is put this bowl in that dishwasher or I have to wash that bowl off and I can sit down. Yes. Yes, I totally know what you mean. Work smarter, not harder, people. <laughs> oh, preach on that. I am about that life. I do the same thing. <laughs> it's interesting, though, the, the spiritual mm-hmm. stuff, like not being into it and then touching into it. I realized that all those years that the psychologist was like, you know, these are your, these are your pillars. Like, yeah. And spirituality was the only one that I wasn't, like, touching in on. And then I started doing it and I was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, everyone's different too. Like you can express your spirituality and your connection to self, however the hell you want. And that's what I love. Cause it's yours. It's nobody else's. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, whatever we can find in life that helps us navigate the rapids and all the curveballs that come our way. Like if it's helping you and it's not harming people, go for it. Right. Yeah. That's it. It's, yeah. it's, it's in, it's, like I started doing um like a blog how I feel as well so I find it fascinating when I read back over them and I'm just like god I'm very repetitious with like the feelings that you feel and how you kind of or how I deal with them or how Mm. I see them or interpretate them it's just it's just interesting that it's like kind of regular yeah the same patterns and it's just like it's really annoying (laughs) it's really annoying I feel like the blogging though it's so healthy because like I like to journal and I don't think I'm just like like get it all out on the paper and it's so therapeutic right (laughs) but I think that's the most perfect beautiful way to do it because you're not filtering yourself you're like here it is boom and I I have so much respect for that like you have to get that shit out like (laughs) we got to get it out like I say that sometimes I'm like okay I just need to get this out of my body and then I can process more because when you're too overstimulated it's like it's that's when it starts pumping the brakes that's when we'll go into that fight flight fawn freeze is when there's too many signals going off it's like okay no nope nope (laughs) back out of that corner (laughs) no more (laughs) legit oh my gosh so what kind of guided you into your interior design? Like, how, how did you stumble into that? Because I feel like it makes so much sense and I totally get why you do it. But I'm so curious. Um, so as a young girl, I was arty. I loved drawing, mm-hmm. loved craft and, you know, just creating things and always moving my room around. I was fascinated with, like, space and creating space yeah. and maximizing space. From a young kid, I would move my room around. I'd be like, yes. no, nah, this is boring. <laughs> I can make it better if I do this. Um, I totally did the same thing. <laughs> you move your bedroom around and your mom comes in. You're like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm just moving the furniture. You're like, how, yes. did, how did you move that chest of drawers? I'm like, I fucking pushed it all on the ground with my back. <laughs> I literally Rock did the same the thing. Wall, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so I would do that as a kid. Usually when no one was there or I'd um, just do it slowly or figure it, I'd just yeah. figure it. We had carpet in our bedroom, so you could yes. kind of slow things around. 
Totally. Thank God. Uh, there was always a way around it. So then um, when mum and dad were like looking to move out of the house, so we still have the same house from when I was a kid, but when they were looking at their options when we were younger, we'd go house, like look, like real estate mm-hmm. looking and I was obsessed. I was like, I'll come. Yes. Like, I don't know why, just obsessed <laughs> with houses and like, oh, what's that? Like really curious on totally. other people's plans. I get that. And so we'd go in these houses and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, and I visualized the house. I mm. memorized the house. I go home, draw the house floor plan. Oh my God, and yes. Then, and then recreate it. Obsessed. I did that many okay. times. And I'd be like, hey, look, if we get this house, we can do this. They're like, that'll cost a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, but look how good it looks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Absolutely obsessed. So from a young age, I'd do that. And I remember in school, I would. Talk to like talk to dad all the time because my dad is a plum a roof plumber and an electrical plumber, right. and um, so he um he was like oh you know don't do that there's no work it's a hard industry like and so dad would be like shutting it down when I was younger he's like don't do it mm. don't do a trade you know and um don't know why I didn't pursue it straight away I went into cooking so that was also creative and I wanted to be yes. a chef when I left school yes. so I started off as a cook and my first job was hog's breath and I worked there that was my first job so from my work experience in hospitality like because I did a cert three at school mm-hmm. which is a commercial cookery and you had to do hours in like kitchens and things like that so like on the job training and from my um time I got off a job and I was a kitchen hand for a week and then I moved into the past which is like where you control like all the salads and all the stuff but the grill um yeah. and so that I worked there and when I left my boss cried and was like you're the best oh. you actually care and you work and yes and I was like oh bless you Trent you're the best um, that's so sweet he's still cooking bless him so I yeah. moved from there to Kim's Beach Hideaway, private cabins. Some of them have yeah. pools, some of them have spas, um, and it's on the beach at nice. Twin Bay. And I worked there in the kitchen, which was like a buffet-style kitchen, but it was like a fancy buffet, like really fancy. And <laughs> like on a Thursday, we'd have like this big boat, this wooden boat full of seafood, like mud crabs and yum prawns and you know you know that they were all there and so I I was a cook there and I went to start my apprenticeship but then we had the first global financial crisis so I was still working so I didn't start my apprenticeship and then I got tested for carpal tunnel mm-hmm. in my wrist and I was only 16 17 at the time mm-hmm. so I was like don't want to make that come on at 17 like I don't yeah. want to so I quit cooking and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, I can't cook. So my auntie was a head teacher at a TAFE um, in Australia and she created these online learning, well, she assisted with the online learning portals. And she went to this course and, well, this um, open day and they were talking about this new course they were going to launch. And mm-hmm. she messaged me and says, you need to come, you need to go to this. You'll like it. I was like, okay. So I went. and did the open day and it was there's some moment hospitality management so I went from the kitchen to the whole kitchen nice. so I did that two years 
and it also had a diploma of event management but mm -hmm. I got offered a job in Scotland so I didn't do the next six months and went to Scotland instead that's went so cool went to Scotland worked there for four months in a castle hated it that's Oh, it sounds so cool. Like she was in a castle. <laughs> so cool. It was cool, but it wasn't cool at the same time. The way they sold it, it just was not what it was. Right. The way they sold it. And it was like, um, so I hated it. As soon as we landed, so mum flew over with me. As soon as we landed, I looked at her and I said, what the fuck am I doing? She goes, <laughs> you work in Scotland. I said, I don't want to do this. What am I doing? <laughs> And so we travelled around Scotland for a week before I started. And she goes, oh, well, don't. We'll, we'll travel around and we'll go back home. And I said, I can't come, like, and not even try it. What if I like it? Like, I can't right. just come here and say, I don't want to do this. I haven't even tried it yet. What if I like it? Mm -hmm. I up. So I tried it, hated it, flew home. <laughs> and I was so At least you tried, though. Stable as well. I I thought I was fine prior to leaving I got over there and hit rock bottom and I was just like and they're like why are you staying and I'm like well to prove to everyone I can do it they're like why why are you proving to everyone else that you can do it like who are you trying to prove yourself to and I'm like everyone they're like no like I've always been like I don't feel like I'm good enough um I don't feel like nothing I do is good enough and so I'm always trying to please everyone else mm -hmm. instead of myself. And anyways, I flew home and I was still working in hospitality for a bit. Then I met my partner, moved to Sydney. And that's when I was in Suffection. I met Katie. Yeah, <laughs> um, And so working in retail for a bit, I left retail and went into nannying. I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool because we used to serve that many mums that had come in with it prams and you're like oh yeah oh, I'm not the mom I'm the nanny which is literally what I thought I was like oh that's pretty cool like you know it's very flexible and I moved from the Bondi Junction store I actually moved down to the beach store and was a assistant manager down there and I'd served like heaps of interior designers I'd served like PPs and I was just like the nanny brought up wanting to do the design again and I was like yeah well brought up design when I was working retail because I actually left Suffection and went and worked for West Elm and I was like that was more it was retail but it was like furniture homewares retail yeah so and I was like I knew I always had a creative flair like I like layouts and like mm -hmm. um, doing visual merchandising and things like that so I was like I still was kind of touching on it but I wasn't like deep diving into it so I was like when I left Wim Sonoma and I then went into nannying and the people that I worked for were like wealthy obviously to have a nanny and um it makes you like really look into design like the design and so I was like I can do this and study yeah so I found a course that I could do at night so I was working during the day and then doing study at night then me and my ex split so I moved home and was traveling down to finish the course because it went for two years Diploma in um, interior design and decoration. And so I completed that and then opened my own business. Yeah. Um, I wanted to work for someone, but it's the hardest fucking industry to get into mm. that I've ever worked in. Like, it's so cutthroat and it's like, unless you like 
know someone or you're in with someone. It's literally right. a, that kind of clicky environment. Yeah. And, and it's all in Sydney. So like, right. I have to move to Sydney. I kind of just started doing my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And I do it on the side. It's like, because it's so hard. Like you don't really have the clients up here or interior design as such. Right. So like my clients would need, my clients that I've had are more decoration kind of restyle vibes. Yeah, um, that's I've cool. Had, yeah, which is really cool. And I love helping people create a space that they love. Yeah. Comfortable in like you know you want home is supposed to be your sanctuary, so you know you want yes. it to be comfortable. You want to love where you are. And then I, with my ex husband, I opened we opened a business together. So he was a project manager, consultant in mm-hmm. moving and things, and we had a business together. And I did heaps of like home organizing, home organizing. Oh my god, I'm creating new words. Um, <laughs> household management. Um personal assistant, virtual, you know, styling. I did kind of like everything. I do like cooking. Yeah. And I I would do that through our business. It is part of my past and it is part of what has made me. So I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that, even though it didn't work. And it has taught me things that I needed to know, you know, um, yeah. about myself and not diving into shit without knowing or being ready or, you know, thinking you're ready. Or thinking you want mm-hmm. something and deep down you probably should wait but it's part of my past it is yeah, part of that's how we learn me and I'm happy right. he's happy oh for um, sure it's a journey girl oh my gosh it's such a journey I think I've been great <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and so I think you know doing that I had the opportunity to meet a lot of builders and things like that from the industry that he was in so I pulled away from our business a bit and still had my own brand but mm-hmm. wasn't pushing it I really didn't know how to push it I still couldn't get a grasp on the vision that I had and how to make it reality right and that's been going to this course has really gone right yeah and now I've got these like ideas and things going in my head of how to like that's why I'm launching my personal brand Elise Kate Donahue um, hopefully this week so after we get off so hopefully I can finish the website so I can launch that and then put my and it's just a platform basically for people to understand me and my who I am as a person as a brand Mm. and as you know what I do what I can do it's more of a platform like that yeah leverage from that to my business of studio akd Preach, um, girl i love yeah that. So, so that's all happening um that's so exciting it's in the background like i still i love i'm a people person for god's sake oh like, for sure <laughs> yeah um as much as i've tried to hide from customer service you need it for every every job you do, you need customer service. It doesn't matter if you're oh. an account or whatever. 100%. I've done so much customer service, and you know what? Those skills I use every day, every day. Because being every a group day. of people is never going to be bad, you know. No. And like, 
I, again, that's how we can spread our light to others just by being friendly and being kind. Like it's so easy to make someone's day and to be good to people like that. I think that's why we loved when we worked together because we both had that mindset. We were like, it's not hard to connect. There was no fucking tomorrow, mate. You. I was your bikini queen. Hey, yes. biggest, <laughs> KPIs were through the roof. I was like, girl. I didn't even realize that at first. And I remember the, the first meeting, they said that. I was like, what? I could, I was just being myself. I was like, I'm just talking to people. I don't know. <laughs> it was after, like, you left. That was when retail went shit when online came real big. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. I still remember, like, you know, the difference in when we were there, when we started, to a year later was massive. Wow. Massive. Like, the impact that online had was huge. Oh, yeah, and, uh, for yeah, sure. The interior design, I'm getting off track, is still happening. I mm-hmm. am wanting to dive into some more training because you can never be um, educated enough. Oh, for sure. So I want to do a building design course and a drafting course because the course that I did didn't teach. Like it taught us CAD, but CAD is, um, it was very basic CAD. Right. Computer-aided drafting. And I can draw hand by hand, but, you know, everything's on computers these days. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I want to learn a more current um, platform. I think it's SketchUp that I'll learn. I haven't 100% decided yet because everywhere is different. So I guess yeah. just using one that works for me mm-hmm. is going to be the best option. Um, so that is on the horizon eventually, but um, mm. also hopefully more of these um, Empire Mastery courses. I want to Oh yeah. Up. That was really motivating. It was really enlightening and just – mind fucking blowing i love that how much information i learned and can apply to and anyone can do it it's oh for sure like i want to keep going and seeing him just so i have that drive (laughs) because it was so motivating yeah in your back pocket please yeah oh it's so true (laughs) so many different speakers that i've watched I'm just like it literally lights me up I'm like yes like after I watch it's so inspiring and it's so nice to be surrounded by that and to be able to lean on that because like it just keeps you going especially when you have an entrepreneurial spirit you need to be able to keep going because it's all you like it's you doing it and you know I can relate to that so hard like yeah you need to have that support in whatever way it looks so you can be like, all right, got this. But I'm so excited about your website you're launching. Like I yeah. lived for getting to know people and like their stories. That's what makes me fall in love with people. Cause I'm like, where, what's, let me get into those layers. Like what's in there. And I just, <laughs> layers. It's, it's true. I love understanding people because I get why people are the way they are when I hear their stories. And I'm like, it's just, it's beautiful to me. I'm like, let me be in there. So from like with, the learning of people and the layers of things like I was terrified of people terrified mm. of talking to people I was so shy but also very not shy if that makes sense I'd hide in the kitchen I thought oh I'm creative I can create like I can be a dessert chef or yeah and I was like oh I can do that and then when I did that hospitality course is what brought out my hey you're a people person yes very lucky it's amazing the education that you do that 
changes that. And oh, yeah. I never, never used to be like that. I was terrified. I remember okay. one of our shifts, the uh, manager came up to me on the floor and said, hey, um, we're short on the floor. I need you out the floor. I stood there and cried. <laughs> oh, no. All my eyes out, terrified. I was like, I can't, I, I can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. terrified. He's like, well, go back in the kitchen. I was like, okay. Okay, <laughs> okay bye. <laughs> No, it's so true. Like, I love that too. When we as humans, like step out of our comfort zones and open, like, that's it again. Like we were saying, if you're open, it can change your world. Like, and you can unlock things that you didn't even know you had. And it's just, ah, I live for that. Cause it's, we're all so multifaceted. It's, it's beautiful. And from all the learnings that I, like all the managers and things I've had, that's what shaped me to be the manager that I am for people. Like, Mm. I wanted to be there for people and understand where they're at because how are you going to provide to the customers with me down your neck if I don't know how you're feeling like what are your capabilities today are you okay what do you need what how can I help you I'm also their team player and I'm like their coach and I'm their Mm -hmm. I'm their biggest fan I'm like you got this like (laughs) how can I help you what do you need like yeah you're you're running you're running the plays how can I make you (laughs) see like that like always been my aim we're like one big happy family at work and like if there's ever any issues I'd hope that they know that they can come and talk to me like I love being that leader and that help to assist grow this business but at the same time to look after myself I am doing my stuff as well because yes that deep down that's my passion yeah I still love my people like deep down obviously I'm a people person and I love that as well mm-hmm. if I'm doing both like if I'm doing that to the best of my ability and I'm getting results then sweet why can't I do that too so, oh for sure and you have yes. to fill your cup like you can't that thing you yeah. can't pour from an empty cup it's so true yeah. and I can relate to that like I'm definitely a recovering people pleaser and yeah. you know it's it's challenging sometimes when you're used to thinking of everyone but yourself but it's those practices it's like singing running whatever it is that fills your soul just take those little beautiful moments for you and like that's at least being like okay these are my minutes my mindful moments and then you can keep on going 100 percent yeah yeah I love that. I feel like we could talk forever. I'm like, okay, I got to get your final words of wisdom. I'm just like, what else can we chat about? Let's go. (laughs) I know, right? Um, Well, you know, everyone has a story. Everyone has their struggles. Everyone has their background, you know, whether you're rich or you're poor or you're, you know, in an abusive relationship, not in an abusive relationship, you're like, anyone everywhere like it doesn't matter what you're going through everyone has a story no one's fucking perfect and people need to lay off people with expectations I just think everyone needs to be kind because you don't know what someone else is going through nope it's so true and like I was thinking of this earlier when you talked about judgment I have always yeah. said this. I'm like, I just want to hold a mirror up because I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe you're not relating to this, yeah. but you could definitely relate to something. Like, there's, you are not yeah. perfect. We've all made mistakes. Yeah. Every single human has done something where they're probably like, ugh. But it yeah. happens. It's it's how we learn. So we have to stop putting all of those projections on um, other people because it's, it's not. Media is the worst for it. Media yeah. is the worst. 
hundred yeah. percent. They feed you what they want you to hear and what they. Oh yes. Oh yeah. For sure. Like let everyone be their individual motherfucking selves. Yes, I am here for that. I love that. I and we're all so beautiful. We're all unique. If we all have something to offer, a story to share some part of us. And like, I just also want to thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing with us today, because that's how we shift the world. That's how we put that energy out there. And I know there's people listening who can resonate and relate. And I just really appreciate you coming on with me You're today. So, so good to see you. Yes. Time, please. Oh my gosh, I know. What I want to do as well is like, let's plug in your social media. Uh, and when your website's live, by all means, share and I'll share away. But let's get your social so if people want to connect with you. Uh, we'll yeah. link them all here. Amazing. So it's just Instagram is Elise Kate Donahue, so my full name. Mm-hmm. And then my, um, which will be my website as well. It'll just be www.elisekatedonahue.com.au. And then um, on my Instagram social, there is my business one, which is um, studio underscore AKD. And then that'll be the same for that website, www.studiokd.com.au. Awesome. Yay. That is perfect. So for everyone watching on YouTube, I'm going to have all of this in the description box below. If you're listening via podcast, it'll be in the show notes. So there'll be no problem finding Elise if you'd like to. Well, you can just come and visit me at the restaurant. There you go. Elise and food. Motel Maserat Wild. Hit me up. Um, I'm like, okay, where's my plane ticket? Let me just go. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would friggin' let, like that Australia to me, I feel like I'll get very emotional going back there because it was such an impactful two years for me. Like, the, and it's yeah. so wild. Like the people, I know I'm supposed to meet all of you for a reason. Cause look, here we are yeah. now. Amazing. Nice. I live for it. And this is why it's yeah. awesome when you connect with people and just beautiful souls all over the world because then you can reconnect and have a podcast episode. Absolutely, <laughs> and have tea. Yes, gotta love the tea. <laughs> yes. Well, that is our tea time for today, everyone. I want to thank all of you listeners, viewers for tuning in. This podcast would not be what it is without each and every one of you, so I really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share. If you're listening, give us a five-star rating. I love to hear your feedback. And we will see you next time. Oh, oh, oh.